0: Happy New Year's everybody, it is 2013. This is the 15th episode of the Not That Poly D Show, and the very first of this year. So we survived, we made it, one more year together. The celebration of New Year's Eve it kind of hit me the other night. I was as I was at this big, elaborate party. Everyone was dressed up. I was wearing a bow tie. You don't just wear a bow tie for any particular occasion, but for New Year's Eve, it's acceptable. There was lights and music and open bar. It was a big, big thing. And it kind of hit me. And I was wondering why. Why do we celebrate New Year's Eve? It's just a date, right? There's really no difference between December 31st, 2012 and January 1st, 2013. But I get it. I get the symbolism of it. And in doing some research, it actually turns out it's one of the oldest and most uh, most celebrated holidays. Dating back like 4,000 years or something. I don't know. But uh, really all we're doing, especially since it's that old, really all we're doing is saying, Hey, we made it. We survived. One more year, we made it. So, uh, yeah, we did it. Not only that, we survived Y2K, 13, right? You guys may not have noticed it, but we had our second Y2K in uh, 13 years. This one they named the Fiscal Cliff. Really, uh, everybody knew that something would happen. There was no chance that the stock markets would crash and all of our houses would be worth nothing and we'd all be poor on January 1st just like they said 13 years ago except now it was in the hands of people right last time it was computers now it was people come on what do you think was going to happen they weren't going to pass whatever bill now the more i read about these bills anyway they all seem like they're bullshit it seems like our taxes are going up anyway i keep hearing 98 percent of people's taxes aren't going up But the more and more I read, it seems like I'll be paying more taxes in this coming year. So, I don't really know who to believe. I certainly don't believe the politicians. But then at the same time, I really have no reason to believe my other sources, which is just uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, just like with the whole shooting thing, there are some very extreme views on both sides. But the more I read, it does seem like I'll be paying more taxes this year. But whatever, it's not that big of a deal, I suppose. And uh, we survived. No fiscal cliff. We didn't fall off the proverbial fiscal cliff. What a scary name, too. They couldn't have made it something less dramatic, but they had to because of the sens- <laughs> sensationalist media we have, like I talked about on one of the other shows. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny how hyped up and scared everyone got. And I'm sure there were crazy people out there that were, you know, going into doomsday prep. They may have even had doomsday prep stuff left over from, like, nine days ago when the world was supposed to end or ten days ago. They made it through that one, but then the physical cliff, they were worried they were going to fall off of it. There's probably people out there that bought gold. Right, that always seems to happen. There's a a famous comedian, Louis C.K., he says he always carries an ounce of gold with him. And I believe him. But an ounce of gold, I think, is, like, I don't know, I think it's, like, two grand or something. Uh, I'm not totally sure. Hold on, let's Google this. Ounce of gold alright let's see oh that didn't tell me let's see goldprice.org come on when I google ounce of gold it should just say the price uh, $1700 as of right now so he's carrying around a, a brick of gold I guess I don't know how big an ounce of gold is. is like a gold bar I mean there's really no reason for me to have ever seen an ounce of gold so 1700 bucks. I don't know Gold sales, I'm sure, always spike around these crazy doomsday events because people feel like, well, this paper currency is going to be worthless, but if I have a brick of gold, then I'll be good. Or I've even heard people say, you know, oh, well, you should always have, you know, $100 or $500 in cash just in case something were to happen. Well, listen, if the shit hits the fan, nobody's going to take anything as currency. Nobody cares, right? Why is $500 going to do you any good when... There's zombies walking around or whatever sort of apocalypse you think is going to happen. It's not going to matter. You could have an an ounce of gold. You can have silver. You can have platinum. You can have cash. You can have whatever you want. Nobody's going to care. Whatever it is, nobody's going to care. People are going to care about food and probably weapons. But I'm sure by this point we've all have banned guns and the zombies will get us. I don't know. I don't know. We made it, though. and, And the more I think about it, too, every... More or less, not every, but a lot of the holidays we celebrate are celebrating the fact that we survived another year. And the more I think of it, actually, the, <laughs> the only other one is birthdays, right? That's just us saying, hey, we made it. Oh, damn, someone's sending me files or something. Forgot to hit mute on my computer. Sorry for those noises if you heard them. But we, we survived it. We, we, we survived our birthday. How many times have I said we made it or we survived it in the first five minutes of this show? I don't know. Sorry, guys. But um, I'm going to try something new this show. I'm going to try to go for uh, 25.1 minutes. Uh, 25.1 minutes is the average commute time of a U.S. citizen. Now, it tends to be higher, ironically, in the two states I've lived in, New York and Florida. Florida. And New Jersey is about the same. I'm, again, actually in New Jersey now, but work in New York. My personal commute is about 35, 40 minutes. When I was in Florida, it was only 15. So I guess if you average those two, it works out about 25, 30 minutes. So it's good. So that's my goal for this episode, Gonna shoot for the average commute time. And I actually listened to a podcast this morning, uh, first time I've listened to something on the subway. And it was, it was right in that 25 or 27-minute range and it was perfect. It was as I was getting on the train, as I was getting off the train. It kept me entertained the whole way. And uh, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that every moment of your commute is as entertaining as I can possibly make it. That's my goal. That's what I do. I'm a source of entertainment for you. And I'm going to talk about how we survive things. Well, the one thing I've talked about a lot is the subway. I'm not going to talk about the subway today. But living in New York has certainly given me a lot to to talk about. And again, working in New York, I guess, um, has given me a lot to talk about. There's this real weird thing in New York about food. Um, Food... I guess they don't trust us in New York to make these decisions on what we should eat or drink, for that matter. Like, uh, Mayor Bloomberg, who's an idiot... um, Mayor Bloomberg has done a lot of things that I don't approve of uh, in New York City. Times Square is essentially just a picnic area, park area now. You can't drive through it. But um, effective March 12th of this year, sweetened drinks in containers larger than 16 ounces will be illegal in New York City. So soda iced teas, any sort of drink that has sugar in it, after March 12th, is going to be illegal in New York City. Now, they justify this by saying, sugary drinks make people fat. Fat people cost more money. Now, I can understand that, but really, we're paying for that anyway, through these tax dollars, right? So why can't I just drink a 20-ounce soda if I want? I mean, that's not that ridiculous, but they've got this whole blitz of a campaign. So all over the subway, they have these signs that say uh, uh, a 20-ounce iced tea would take you 3.1 miles to walk off. And they show you on the map of New York City, you know, how far that would be. And New York City is relatively small, so this track that they draw out looks like it's basically all of New York City. Like, they've got these other ones where how many times you'd have to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge... To, to burn off a 20-ounce soda, but it's ridiculous. I mean, I, why can't we decide what kind of soda we want to drink or if we want to drink soda? Um, I don't know. You know, they they keep saying, well, it kills, obesity kills so many people. and uh, Yeah, yeah, I get it, but let us make our own decisions. And then, you know, maybe not on such an extreme level, but New York requires that every food and drink item... At like a Starbucks or a McDonald's, list the calorie count next to it. Now, I don't particularly mind this strategy because, y- you know, I have definitely made decisions based on this. When you find out that a Big Mac is like 800 calories and you know you're only supposed to eat 2,000 calories during the day, I'm probably going to steer clear from the Big Mac, right? And it's going to force the McDonald's of the world and the Starbuckses of the world to make more healthy food choices, which I'm cool with. I think that's great. I think it's a great idea. Allow us to be educated. That's fine. But don't prevent me from being able to buy a Big Mac. If I want a Big Mac, or if I want a 32-ounce soda, then I should be able to buy a 32-ounce soda. And if it's going to take me six miles to walk off, then, hey, if I want to walk six miles, I walk it. If not, then I've got a couple extra calories to carry around. Who cares, right? It's, It's not their decision to make what I can eat or drink. Education is where it should be, right? That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Educate the public. Show them the, the dangers, I suppose, of eating too much shit, right? Show them how much you're supposed to eat. Show them how much the Big Mac actually is. And people will stop eating the Big Mac. And if they don't, who cares, right? Those are the people that no matter what, you can't change their minds. They'll continue to live that lifestyle. There are other people that will make conscious decisions to live a proper lifestyle, Now, um, when it comes to education, New York employs another strategy that I think is really interesting, and this has probably been the most interesting to me. So uh, every—I guess it's every. I I haven't really seen it on every window, I suppose, but most restaurant windows in New York City have this giant letter on them, and it's a grade. So what happens is— the New York City uh, Safe D- Health Department, the New York City Health Department, inspects restaurants. Uh, apparently, it's about twenty-five thousand restaurants per year that they inspect, um, and they've only been doing this since two thousand and ten, so only for you know three years now, t- two and a half years. And basically, what they do is they go in and they do these inspections, and when they find something wrong, it's like a point, right? It's like when you're you have you you know a your driver's license and you speed you earn a point or you earn four points or whatever and if and if you accumulate so many points you, you know you could hit a fine or your license could be suspended or, or whatever it may be right it's the same idea a violation earns you a point so a perfect score is a zero right if you're a restaurant owner you want a zero so the way that they do it though is they don't actually give you the score on the window they give you a letter so there's a lot of restaurants i would say most restaurants you walk by And they have a giant A plastered on their window. There's this uh, pizzeria I go to that I love. Big A on the window. right? Now, I'll tell you. Ever since I've seen these letters, I have been making decisions whether or not to go into them. I asked people on my Facebook for recommendations on where to eat near my office. And I got a whole list of places to go to. One of which was called Harry's Burritos. Okay, Mexican place. I love Mexican food. It's something... I really loved, from Miami, there was this great place called Taco Rico that was on Miami Beach. That was fantastic. I ate there often. They don't have the best Mexican food here, but I'm sure if I found the right spot, I could get some good Mexican food. So, Harry's Burritos pops up on my Facebook list and I said, yeah, alright, this sounds like a perfect place to check out. They said they got gigantic burritos, which I love, it was right around the corner, perfect. So I get to Harry's Burritos, and on the window is a B. Now, at this point, I had no idea what that means, right? That could mean just barely below the score where it's acceptable to have an A. Turns out it's not, and I'll talk to that in a little bit. But I see the B, and I literally didn't go in. I had friends recommend this place to me. I had actually several different friends recommend this Harry's Burritos place to me, and I saw they had a B on the window, and I did not go in, nor have I ever considered going back to this place just because they had a B on the window. So it's like the Scarlet Letter. The New York City's handing out the Scarlet Letters for these restaurants that fail to meet some sort of standard. So after a while, I, you know, I really started paying attention to it, and I only go to places that have an A. Now I did go to, and of course, this is the worst place probably to take a chance on, but I did go to one sushi place, and uh, the sushi place just said not yet graded. So I felt like I took a risk. Benefit of the doubt, I suppose, it actually was really good. But, you know, not yet graded, maybe it was a new place, I don't know. I feel like if I knew the grades of some of the Miami Beach places I went to, I probably wouldn't have eaten there, and Taco Rico's probably on that list. So it's a double-edged sword, I suppose. So, I wanted to look into this. I wanted to figure out how they do this, how they score these these restaurants. And to get an A, you have to have a score between 0 and 13 points. For a B, it's between 14 and 27 points. And 28 or more is a C. Now, I've never seen a C. But I have seen the B at Harry's Burritos. And there's actually a Chinese place right next to my office called Wok City. Every time I hear that, I walk past, I see it. And they've got these little scooters. That they deliver, it. just Walk City. I always think of that song, it's like Rack City. Maybe I'll take it out with that. I like that song, um, and I'm not gonna try to sing it. I thought about it there for a quick second. So here's how it breaks down, right? A public health hazard, such as failing to keep food at the right temperature, triggers seven points. Okay, now remember, zero to 13, you can have an A. So you could have a public health hazard earn seven points, and still be an A. Then a critical violation, for example, serving raw food such as salad without properly washing it first. Okay, I mean, that doesn't sound as bad. When you read serving raw food, you think that they're you know, putting raw meat in the salad or something like that, but not washing it, okay. That gets five points, Oh, a minimum of five points. So you could have a public health hazard so you could not keep your food at the right temperature. You could serve unwashed salad, right? That's, a 12, that's 12 points, and now you're still at an A. Now, in my eyes, they're being a little too lenient. But then, when you really think about it, that means to get a B, you've got to have some disgusting food. You know, it goes on. There's more stuff. you know, not properly sanitizing utensils. is two points. Um, they can reflect the extent of the violation from one to five. This is so complicated. The presence of one contaminated food item is a condition level 1 violation, generating 7 points. Four or more contaminated food items in a condition level 4 violation result in 10 points. Whatever it is, it sounds like they're being too lenient. It sounds like to get an A, or maybe there should be an A+, or something, because then I'll only eat at the A+. pluses. But for the places that are serving raw food and unwashed salad, I don't think that they should get an A. Now again, I get that some of the places I've probably eaten at in my life, oh, you hear that? That was like the trash chute. Most of which are in Miami, did not meet these qualifications. I'm sure of it. I am sure Taco Rico would have a B. very, very sure of it. And with that knowledge, I would still eat at Taco Rico just because it's that fantastic. They should play this in Taco Rico. My Miami friends, you guys need to bring this to Taco Rico And sell it to them. And we can negotiate. This will be good. Don't give this to Harry's Burritos, though. Um, So a B, that's just terrible. Right now, I'm definitely not going to go to Harry's Burritos. And I'm definitely not going to go to Wok City. Even though it's so close to my office. But I've seen other people that I work with go to Wok City. And I want to, like, yell at them. Like, don't you see the B? Don't you know what that means? Especially at a Chinese food place. Like, Chinese food is undoubtedly... The most questionable food that you can get, like every stereotype you can think of about Chinese food, about cats and dogs and all sorts of nasty stuff and indistinguishable meat product, right? That when you think of that, you probably think of two different places, Chinese and Taco Bell, right? We all get that Taco Bell serves horse, right? We know it's grade B beef. It's technically horse. We know that, but it's still delicious and I'll still eat there. But if I walk into a Taco Bell and it's got a B, I'm not going to go there. I won't. I'm sorry, I can't do it. If I know it's clean crap, then that's fine. I'll eat it. But if, if they're serving raw and unwashed salad, can't do that. Gotta wash my salad. Yeah, a B. I would close my restaurant if I got a B. And there's a whole thing about how you can get your poorly scored restaurant rescored, scored And there's a whole thing and... They can even shut down your restaurant if you continue to have more than 28 points. I mean, that makes sense. 28 points sounds like you've got a lot of problems going on. So, if you're ever in New York City and you see a C, obviously stay clear. But if you see a B, no matter how many people you know tell you it's good, don't go there. Because there is raw meat and unwashed salad. I'm going to call this episode repeating the same thing over and over again to get to 25 minutes. It was a quick drink break. I was getting a little parched. What I think they should do with the soda thing, right, getting back to the soda thing, is instead of not selling it, like, they sell cigarettes. I know that that's the classic argument. But if I can go to a grocery store and buy a pack of cigarettes and not a 20-ounce soda, I think there's something a little wrong here. And it's funny. Actually, um, there's Pepsi trucks, you know, like Pepsi delivery trucks that drive around the city, and on the back of them, they've got, like, this guy. You know, it's like a silhouette of a guy. You know, leg, shoulder width apart. One arm down. One other arm up. Almost like he was doing, like, one of those fist things. But instead, he's got a Pepsi bottle in his hand. And it said, don't let bureaucrats choose what you drink. And then they have, like, a website. I'm sure there's a petition or something. But it's, it's funny how the, the controversy that it's caused. And even at, like, arenas, they can't serve them in big cups. And it really is pretty ridiculous. But why not just... I guess, put the calories, right? But why not just put, like, pictures of fat, right? They do it in Canada with the cigarettes. They put, like, you know, unborn babies and people with lung cancer and all sorts of other terrible things that when you see them, you're like, all right, well, that looks disgusting. And I don't want that to happen to me. But what they're saying is if I smoke these cigarettes, it's going to happen to me. And, you know, I suppose the idea is that those people would quit or stop smoking or smoke less and I know it doesn't work perfectly, but I'm sure it plants some seeds of doubt in these people's minds, hopefully. That's all they got to do for these sodas. right? Though at the same time, I guess I don't really want to be staring at something disgusting on my soda when I'm drinking it. Whereas, you know, a pack of cigarettes, you take the cigarette out, you put it back in your pocket, you're good to go. I don't know. All I know is that the solution is not banning sodas that are over 16 ounces. But I guess it's coming in March. I will uh, I will be sure to keep you abreast of the latest developments with this soda ban in New York City. But uh, for me, I don't really think it's going to affect me, to be honest. I'm most interested, actually, to see what a 16-ounce bottle of soda looks like. guess I haven't seen that. You know, water kind of did that. Remember when you used to get a water bottle that was 20 ounces, and then they started getting smaller and smaller... And they went to that weird 16.9-ounce size. I don't know why. I know I have at least one water salesman that listens to this show. Um, Maybe you can tell me why they switched from a 20-ounce to a 16.9-ounce. I'm guessing it's to make more money, right? Smaller packaging is probably cheaper, less water, all that fun stuff. You know, you're getting less for the same amount of money. Who knows? But maybe there's a reason. Maybe somewhere... There was a governor who banned 20-ounce bottled water. Who knows? But 16.9-ounce, that was the new thing. So that wouldn't be okay for soda. So I'm really excited to see what a 15.9-ounce soda looks like. Um, that should be interesting. But we're uh, running right up against my 25.1-minute mark. So I do want to wrap up with a couple of things here. Um, please recommend this to your friends, iTunes, iTunes. They can search Not That Paulie D. Show. They can rate. They can review. You can rate and review. I really appreciate that. Visit my website, com. You can post on my Facebook, facebook.com slash dot twitter.com slash or I guess I'm supposed to say at Uh But the one thing I did want to say is, uh, you know, if you guys are doing any online shopping, specifically with Amazon, I have a new little deal with Amazon where... If you click on my link and you're shopping with Amazon, it doesn't cost you any more, but I actually get some money from them. Amazon will pay me. It doesn't cost you any more than if you were to shop by going to Amazon.com. But Amazon sends me some money uh, because I sent you to them. So I would really appreciate if you did that. You can do that by going to my website, notthatpollid.com, and you'll see a button on the top for offers. And you'll see my Amazon link there. So again, I'd really appreciate it if you guys could do that for me. You shop online anyway. Just change your bookmark from Amazon.com to whatever my link is. Just copy the link, change your bookmark. Then every time you shop on Amazon, you make me happy. That way you're not donating. It's not coming out of your pocket. But it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I would really appreciate that. So thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. Um, I was going to take us out with all Lang Syne, but uh it's January second. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Nobody really knows what it means. I guess it means for good old times or something. So instead, I'm going to take you out with what I hear in my head every time I walk to my office and every time I walk past the poorly rated Walk City. It's "Rack City" by Tyga. I guess T Y G A. Tyga, Tiger, Tiga. I don't know. Here it is. What's that on that beat? Ah. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. 10, 10, 10, 20s on your titties, bitch. Honey deep VIP, no guest list. TT, broad, you don't know who you fucking with. Got my other bitch, fucking with my other bitch. Fucking all night, nigga, we ain't celebrate. Nigga, Sam, too dope, I ain't selling it. Buy fresher than the motherfucking peppermint. Gold letterman's last king killing shit. Young money, young money, yeah, we getting rich. Put Get your grandma on my dick. <laughs> Girl, you know what it is. It is. Rack City bitch rack rack city bitch rack city bitch rack rack city bitch rack city bitch rack